Happy 2018, and welcome to TongoCast number 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20
hard year for all of us. Um, because of the expectation that we set in the early, uh, starting 2017, and as the year went by, we realized that expectation wasn't quite um, being met. And um, that was hard, but, the t but at the same time, we had a pleasant surprises too. Uh, so that was also an incredible advancement of this company that we felt that there are things that we didn't expect that actually helped this company grow. Yeah, I mean, I think having the Hulu project was... The Damkeeper poems. Yeah, the Damkeeper poems uh, was an incredible project to have in-house. And uh, Eric O was directing it. It's the first time that we had content that Dice and I were not directing. Um, and there was a lot of things that were scary about that. It was kind of a bit of trusting someone else with Tonko House's name and characters. And of course, who better to trust than Eric, who was our supervising animator on the original <clears throat> short. But also, directing is a lot more than just the creative aspect of it. It's also you know, leading a team um, and finding ways to fit within so many parameters that you face when you have a project. And I think what we didn't expect is that how amazing Eric would be at it, but also how much that team would come together to support itself and each other and to really support Tonko House in a way. And uh, we had a lot of animators in-house. We had, you know, Tonico, who was animating down in L.A. We had an animation team out in Japan. Um, and for all of these things now, looking back, to really come together and work um, required a lot of planning and scheduling and logistics. But I think at the end of the day, the will to make something unlike anyone had made individually, um, but to make something together, that will, I think, overall was so clear. And in a way, I feel like that was what really helped us because, you know, especially Dice and I were sitting creatively sitting outside of that project. So to watch someone else like Eric make something was both really refreshing, but also um, it made him, it made me really jealous at least like mm -hmm. oh my gosh I want to be there working with Eric on this project and how do, I want to draw on it and I want to <laughs> make stuff and um, but it was really fun to watch and it's, it, it, it really felt like the growth of Tonko House was the ability to trust other people um, in 2017 with uh, so many things that we could not do on our own I guess and we always talked about uh, creating Tonko House uh, instead of saying Tonko Studio, like we wanted to make it a house where people come and and play and and just be comfortable, but then experiment and feel at home. And but actually doing it is not that easy. Like letting other people uh, handle your characters and your story or uh, your world and. Yeah. And Eric did it beautifully, creatively, but, but I gotta say, uh, the one thing I'm curious to ask Zen is that the also trusting uh, you, Courtney, in particular, and also the team who are trying to figure out the logistics and schedules and the budget, uh, unlike, you know, we all come from big studios, and, and uh, we never had to deal with a lot of things we had to deal with on this project, and there are so, like Robert said earlier, we have so many explosions during this journey of this production and we have every time we have to figure out how to make it work financially how to make it work logistically or making sure people are happy it was 
it's an incredible learning curve for all of us. But I'm curious to hear Zen's point of view. Yeah. So Courtney, first of all, Courtney did amazing job. <laughs> uh, I mean, for throughout the year, but especially on this uh, DK Pong project. And we also had a, a, a for the production part of it, we had a counterpart in Japan, Kazu. Uh, he was the production coordinator for this project, and uh, he did an uh, amazing job as well, along with Courtney. <coughs> and the difference between our collaboration with the studios in Japan um, prior to this project, uh, we had an experience working on Moon, and we did um, uh, the DK feature animation uh test animation pro, uh, project uh, with uh, uh, Anima uh, in Tokyo. Uh, we always had this kind of uh, counterpart studio and we had a production team on those uh, studios. Like Anima had the production team and um, for Moom we worked with uh, Crafter or Steven Steven then and uh, Maza and they had their production team and you know uh, creatively uh, Dyson and Robert were uh, leading the team and all that, but production-wise, they actually made those kind of platform, and they were mm -hmm. kind of, uh, they're the one kind of, you know, coming up with the budget and schedule and all that. This time, uh, we were doing it all ourselves, and we were hiring all the production people in Japan as well, and uh, communication between uh, Kobe and uh, Katsu hap was happening all the time, and uh, all that was like a new experience, and also. Uh, running the 2D animation project itself was right. brand new pro the all right. experience for all of us. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we have like a mo multiple layer of those kind of challenges, but in that kind of uh, environment, I just kind of, um, yeah, I just feel that Kony and Kazu really did an amazing job. Thank you. I, it, it was, and I do want to talk maybe a little bit more about you know, our collaboration with artists in Japan and that relationship that we have continued through the years. Um, and especially dealing with these quote-unquote remote productions um, because at the end of the day, who never really felt like the remote productions that I, the other ones that I've worked on. Like, it very much felt like there was a central heart there. Um, can you guys talk about maybe how you fostered that or maybe even how you guys saw it and from the outside and see maybe where that comes from? Yeah, I think that, um, well, I think that has a lot to do with how you and Kazu work. Um, Kazu actually came over and spent some time with us before uh, really diving into any project with us. And Kazu got to sit and observe how Tonko House works, the inner workings of Tonko House and how we function and what we care about. Uh, spent time with Eric to see what Eric really cared about. Um, and I think that in the end, uh, you know, we started that production without Eric ever, anyone from Tonko House really going over to Japan. Um, and so for a long time, they worked that way. So Kazu was really kind of uh, creating the culture of that group over there. And what was nice is I think the, the kind of playfulness on this side, for instance, we would send messages or um, little gifts, things like that. And it kind of created this back and forth between our studio and their studio um, in Japan that we would kind of exchange messages or exchange gifts or things like that. And there would be kind of a bit of 
a playful nature to the to the relationship. But ultimately, too, Eric did go to Japan, and I, I do think too that made just seeing firsthand uh, the impact that it had, that interaction, and the inspiration that uh, some of the team in Japan got from um, seeing working with Eric directly, also was I think pretty impactful. But I, I think in the end, you know, a lot of these things are pretty straightforward. They're human relationships and how people talk to each other, communicate with each other, treat each other. Um, I'd like to think that everyone here is pretty respectful um, and and admire the talent in Japan. And so the best way, I think, to show admiration is to actually utilize uh, people's talents and skill sets. And I, I'd like to think that, that that had a big part of creating a relationship between the two, two groups. Um, and ultimately, at some point in the future, it'd be great to get them all in one room, mm-hmm. even if it's for fun. And um, Because a lot of the people on the team never met each other, <laughs> um, which, is, uh, which is kind of a bummer, actually, because mm-hmm. I think everyone would gain from that. I mean, it's a first step, but, you know, like a lot of, a lot of times when you're working with a group from another culture is, is, is not at all just about the language barrier. Um, and, uh, it's always like, we have to take steps towards what we want to be as opposed to like, everything will be exactly the way we want because uh, we have to respect the way they're used to working and but also introducing our way so hopefully they like something they've never experienced before for example I remember uh, animators in Japan a lot of the cleanup animation was done in Japan and and they were actually done by some of the top uh, animators coming from Studio Ghibli or Studio Chizu and and but they wanted to work on this project, yeah. even as a cleanup. And that says a lot about like their curiosity of like how we work, how, how we work on the West uh, State side. And then when Eric kind of sat down, just kind of worked with them side by side, and it, you know, he, remember he uh, wrote the letter, handwritten letter to each individual over there? Their, their animators are crying because it's not common in Japan um, to have that kind of interaction between directors and animators, and and then uh, whereas here, you know, coming from Pixar, like directors and animators, they always have this kind of a dynamic, mm-hmm. and so I would like to think that we're stepping towards that sort of best of both worlds at some point. But you know, definitely there are things that we could have done better. But also, when I saw how they reacted to how Eric and you interacted with them and. It was really rewarding to see from outside. Like you know, we were involved just a little bit, but uh, just to see the sparks in their eyes, you know, and then how they continue to express their desire to work with us again in another few, uh, in the future. Uh, that's exciting, and it's not like we knew how to do this, but we kind of, like Robert said, we just went with the uh, human instinct of like what, how we want to be treated and how we want to work with other people and of course there are a lot of mistakes we've made but also I feel like there are a lot of wins too in that process. Yeah, everybody voluntarily like more than, you know, worked more than their, they started, you know, working on like, you know, like of course like someone like JJ, you know, started uh, working as one artist but like really like take up a lot of things <laughs> on the project 
And Toshi, for example, like he he was really fitting in so much of the communication <laughs> and on yeah. the creative side and technical side and everything. And you know, with it, without having him, like you know, communicating what we are, what we need on our side in the U.S. and then. You know what they need in Japan. Without his help, I, I you know, I, I don't think we could even make it happen. So I think everybody really look at the situation and like you know, <clears throat> think hard on like what is the kind of best move every day. And I think through all those kind of constant effort, I think we could actually make this um, yeah. project happen. And the th- I think I mean the three of you guys definitely, I think paved the way and let. Eric and myself and the whole other team make mistakes and fail and do it in a way that it was encouraged as to, okay, what can we learn from this rather than being reprimanded, which is not as easier said than done. So thank you guys. So Damn Keeper Poems is finished and we are now screening it at a couple studios um we're nominated for, we're nominated for an annie award um and but the next what you know robert touched on also a little bit about what's in 2017 was our work on the feature film yes, yes. so the, the reason why we call it a year of struggle is you know especially me and robert creatively we were uh Heading this damn uh, your feature project, uh, working on the script, and you know we actually started storyboarding some sequences, and um, and uh, while you guys are working on the damn keeper poems, uh, me and Robert were really trying to get this feature project off ground because that's like the biggest dream project that we set out to do, and we like you know we thought in the beginning of seventeen. We thought by the fall of 17, we were going to be doing a lot of pre-production work. One of the biggest uh, things that we learned was, first of all, uh, contract. It just takes time. (laughs) Uh, Basically, we came to uh, agree on the big terms with 20th Century Fox the year of 16, summer of 2016. And then it took us about a year to actually close the actual contract. Um, that's probably normal. We did not know that. In the meantime, in 10 months, Eric finished <laughs> from nothing to completion of the production of the Hulu series, the Dampier Points, in 10 months. So it, it kind of tells you how different of a speed it is to work uh, on a big project like the Dampier Feature. Uh, so that was like one big step that we just didn't anticipate. Also, I think creatively, I, 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 this is probably creatively the hardest year I've ever had in my career. Um, I think that uh, doing a, a feature project is is a lot more about revealing who you are as a person than I expected. It's not like this external journey of, of exploring characters or exploring mm-hmm. some sort of world you created. It's It's really about... Uh, digging deeper into uh, who the fabric of who we are as people and the kinds of story we want to tell and the kinds of characters we want to create uh, you know for the for the first time in a really long time I, I just found myself doubting myself at the end of two thousand and seventeen and 
Um, not that I don't doubt I sound like really cocky, right? Like, I don't <laughs> doubt myself ever. It's not that, but I think like really questioning uh, almost the only time I can really think about myself questioning uh, so deeply was at the start of Tonko House as to whether or not should, should I start on this adventure. Um, and so in that way, I feel like uh, it's, it's 2018 is really this moment where I feel like we're coming out of that. Um, at the end of 2017, there were some dark times, I feel like, just because uh, it was a struggle. And I think those parts are really necessary in building a film and being, building an honest film. Um, and I, I think it's, 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 but it's a piece that I was like, oh, we can avoid this. Like we can just go and make the film that we want to make that's entertaining and fun. And, and actually the reality of things is that you have to face off with some of, some of the demons as far as, uh, the story you want to tell and the characters you're capable of creating and, and, and how honest they can be and how deep they can be. Um, because I think you can create surface characters that on the surface work great, but in terms of characters of depth, I think that's where really it takes it takes a lot more. Um, so, you know, I, I think not to, to make it sound all doom and gloom, but I think that it was a big year. You know, as much as it was struggle, like, like you said, Dice, I think it was also growth, I think. Um, you know, just whenever you realize your, real, your kind of limitations, it's not a pretty moment. You know, it's not, you're like, you're like, hey, this is all I can do, awesome. It's kind of like, oh, this is all I can do. And... Um, and so in that way too, I think this, the other theme of this year has really been relying on other people, you know, learning to, to open up and let other people help you where you know you can't push anymore. And, uh, and so in that way, you know, we have uh, a writer that we, we've been working with. We've got, you know, our producer, Kane, who's really been kind of a guiding light for us and, you know all the folks down at Fox who have been incredible partners and everyone here in the studio that's really been helping us to, to move along in every space and way they can. Yeah, the, the feature film is still absolutely at the heart of everything we're doing and I think, you know, um, we still, I, I feel like I believe in it more than ever and, um, and we're really excited to share it. So, there were, and like Robert said, don't, like, we don't want to paint a doom and gloom picture but you know, this year was hard, I think, for everybody here at the studio, and there were some amazing moments, and there were some just moments where we all questioned ourselves and our capabilities. Um, but what is it that I also got to witness these moments where you guys came out of the darkness, and like, what is it that you guys each personally like? How do you guys get out of that, or even if it's not something mm -hmm. conscious that you do? Like what helps you get out of those dark under that dark cloud? I think uh, without sounding cheesy, uh, it is the fact that we had each other. It would have been really hard if it was just by myself, or if even if it was just me and Robert, just two of us. I think everybody really contributed to kind of help us come out of that sort of dark moment last year. Um, when we were struggling um, to see Eric and his team just create just such a beautiful, beautiful story out of the damn people world, that was one big inspiration, at least for me. Like, I'm like, I just want to make it. Like, I know, like, if we make it, we at least we'll learn through that process but right 
like we're almost kind of creating this uh, rabbit hole like within ourselves like it's, it's not like anyone was telling us kind of do anything like our partners have been so flexible and, and supportive of our journey that in a way the darkness last year that we faced was more of like something that we created ourselves almost but just seeing what simply like what it is to make a film what it is to share story what it is to create uh, that that just kind of put me back to like oh this is why I started this whole thing I wasn't trying to prove to anybody I wasn't trying to be famous I wasn't trying to make money I just wanted to tell a story I just wanted to show share my story and our stories and and that really got me excited and uh, really helped when I was really going through a hard time I needed Robert to kind of back me up and I needed Zen to back me up and I needed you guys to back me up and I think we kind of did that to each other uh, quite a bit and you know in a way the, the struggle that we had throughout not just the feature was also the reality of like running the company <laughs> we couldn't 100% focus on just the feature. So while we're struggling with the story of Damned Your Feature, every day we're trying to figure out, you know, cash flow and financial uh, situations, which is very much uh, of uh, something that we chose to face, but we never had to deal with before. Um, and, you know, the pressure of, yeah. like, running this place you know, financially, uh, is also kind of putting a lot of weight on our shoulders, you know, good and bad. Like, because of that, I think when we came out of that kind of darkness, it's, it feels so good. Like, it feels like, oh my God, we can't do this. We can really do this. When we worked at the last draft of the feature, I felt like we could do this. We didn't think we could before we came out of it, but when we came out of it, we're like, yeah, this is it. Like, we just have to kind of endure this hardship and struggle. We can never give up, you know? Um, I mean, I think one interesting thing about, like, you know, I think a lot of Tonko House, I think Dice and I get a lot of uh, attention for Tonko House and everything. And Tonko House really is a company. It's a studio. It's There's a lot of people here. Not a lot of people, but there's a lot more than just Dice and I. Um, <laughs> I, I, one, of, one of the critical points for me this year was actually, uh, you know, running a business is the aspect of uh, being an artist that I never, I have very little training in, very little kind of understanding of. Um, working with, you know, our other partners then, um, there was a point this year where uh, all of us would, you know, we spend our Saturdays kind of working in management and really taking a look at the leadership and some of the decisions, bigger decisions that need to be made for the company. And uh, every Saturday we were starting to really hit our head against a wall. Um, the, the kind of financial planning of the company and taking a look at the structure of our leadership and how all of that works together was really starting to come to a point where I think all of us, as much as we enjoy each other's company, was starting to really become a bit mangled, a bit tortured. And, um, and I remember there's a point where kind of uh, Zen was like, I've got to go to Japan because, you know, he had to go take care of a bunch of things. And then, uh, and we were just kind of left in a state of like not quite having a firm direction as to how to run this company in a way or 
how to make these bigger decisions. And I just remember there was a moment that when Zen came back, it was like, it was like he, he came off the hill and had these tablets and was like, you know what, I have an idea and I think this is the way that we can start to structure things and start to organize information and start to structure ourselves. And, and it was just such a like turning point for, for me at least where you know, I know creatively we were struggling, but also in terms of leadership we were struggling. And I think uh, one thing I feel like is you know, when you hit these periods of darkness is that the nice thing about having a group of people is that when you can no longer function because that kind of darkness overwhelms you, um, inevitably what's nice is that it feels like someone picks up. You know, so even if like I feel like in a way I've hit a point where I can't go any further and I've almost to the point of giving up, someone else will pick up and run. Um, and I think, you know, in the business sense of things, I really think this year, you know, Zen really picked up and started running with things on the creative aspect. I think, you know, Dice and I back and forth trying to move this thing forward. Um, but I think that's where, you know, um, having to admit that you needed help is is a difficult thing for, you know, especially the three partners who tend to be pretty uh, independent, I think, like to think of themselves as independent. The kind of reliance on each other is both strength, but also you have to face the fact that you're not strong enough to do it on your own. And I think, um, yeah, and I think that, that this year, um, fortunately and unfortunately, those things happened. Um, and we're still here. Yeah, I agreed. I agree that uh, that's the big, biggest lesson that I learned last year. That how we can kind of rely on each other. I remember, you know, a couple moments like uh, really, like you know, I felt like I got so much problem, and you know, like I got tangled with so many different things, and I'm like, and just kind of simply, I feel like I'm like, oh, I need help, you know, just kind of like simply like put that out there and you know it got accepted you know by the partners and you know someone like Courtney and all that it's just like that was the kind of biggest uh, uh, gain um, you know how we would kind of we, we went like one step ahead to kind of to um, support each other and that that is the biggest gain for me I feel like and also, um, I want to say a little bit about the um, communication and uh, feedback from the fans that it's a kind of big part of, uh, um, you know, that gave me a lot of uh, encouragement. Like when we did the uh, events in Japan in, uh, you know, Tokohasa Exhibition in Ishinomaki and we did a couple of events in Tokyo. And also uh, some, you know, events like we did the screening. Uh, I wasn't able to attend the CTN this year, but, you know, all those kind of uh, point where we uh, meet fans and, you know, doesn't matter where we are, like internally how we are feeling and all that. Like, you know, we can get that kind of like, oh, you know, I'm so you know, excited about your work and all that. That always gives me that kind of. Uh, point where ah that's great that you know like the you know the people are kind of feeding those kind of values throughout the work that we are creating and that is always giving me those kind of uh, encouragement. Um, so speaking again back about feature, we are partnered with Fox, um, and there was this big announcement of this potential Disney buyout of Fox. Uh, 
just for our fans' sake, where where are we with that, and how does that affect, you know, the future moving forward? You know, what's really interesting about working with a big studio like 20th Century Fox, um, especially last year, we went through some big changes, including Disney merger. Uh, at times, it was frustrating because we just couldn't do anything about it. But again. We shouldn't be frustrated because there's nothing we could do about it. And luckily, uh, for now, there's really no, in a way, no effect on our project. The only thing we can do is to just make as good of a project as possible. Um, that's the only way to keep moving forward. Whether it's distributed by 20th Century Fox or Walt Disney Company, Hopefully, it doesn't affect us. Um, you know, obviously, Disney is a very familiar company for us, so <laughs> a lot of us, at least. And uh, uh, so far, nothing is affecting us, as far as I know. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I'm sure, just like anything, there are challenges that ahead that are ahead of us. And if anything, I think this journey has really taught us that you've got to just roll with the punches. And I'm sure there'll be good things. I'm sure there'll be bad things, but. Uh, all we can really do is make a stellar project, and I think that's that's what's going to be bulletproof through any changes is a really great project, and and that's what we work towards, and that's what we strive for because I think that will be universal. So, um, yeah, I think in a way we're trying not to focus on the things that we can't affect um, because there's really it's not healthy, you know. Yeah. Um, and there's good people there. There's good people at both companies. So. Um, so. One comment that we get often is, do we have any plans to do any projects outside the world of the Dam Keeper? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We, of course. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we love telling stories. We love creating things. And we've got sketchbooks and ideas all over the place. And, but yeah, I, I think very soon, very quickly, you know, uh, there are several projects on the horizon that we really can't talk about, but are they're very exciting. New worlds, new characters, um, real partners that are involved that want to make these things. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to always we're growing, um, which is a good thing because I feel like if you're not growing, you're going the opposite direction. There's no real status quo. And so... Um, yeah, absolutely. We have great new things. And as always, we use our exhibitions to usually give a little peek into these things, as I'm sure will and be the case media. this year. Yeah, social media, you know, those are just just the very tip of the iceberg. I really think um, we're super excited about the, the, the other projects that we have going on um, and cannot wait to start to share them both through books or film or series, serial work, animation, um, illustration, social media. We've got so much planned for this year that I just, um, I don't know how we're all going get it, to get it all done, <laughs> but I'm sure that you and Zen will figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, i got to say, uh, really, that's the outcome of this, you know, the year of struggle that we talked about is... Because of that, some of the things that we had to endure and, and we were so appreciative of like how everybody contributed to kind of this company's growth last year and and then towards the end of last year, so many, many opportunities start to just surface to us yeah. and 
we have a new we had we have had new ideas but not like uh, we were actively working on it <coughs> and then from outside partners there are like a lot of interesting just working on a lot of these projects that we had in our back pocket and also new ideas that kind of you know these opportunities forced us to come up with and and that's really because of the some of the struggles and challenges that we yeah. kind of overcame last year i mean just kind of going back to the <coughs> down people poems production was it was hard for all of us because it was really our first time dealing with entire package of this whole show from right. the very beginning to the very end including promotion everything was done by us and I feel like we were kind of confident to take on another one because now we've done it <laughs> and we know we can do certain things better we know we can maybe experiment certain things differently and and that that's a strength that's a that's our kind of that's a treasure that we kind of found last year um so to end our tonko cast uh i ask each of you guys to talk about <coughs> One moment in 2017, if it's ugly, beautiful, funny, <laughs> lots of funny moments, um, happy, just your, it doesn't have to be your best moment of 2017, but just one moment you would love to share with everybody. So here's a small one. We have a, our editor uh, here, Anna, uh, works at a restaurant, a local restaurant, a Japanese restaurant. Uh, close by and um, we found out because of connections and friends that her nickname at the uh, restaurant is Otoko right and Otoko I don't know what that means but you know we talked about it Otoko is kind of a klutz or clumsy a little bit right and right away I was like wait a second there we Anna's not an Otoko compared to some of the individuals we have within Tonko House and so we got to talking about it and this kind of term is ochoko choi, mm -hmm. uh, which is someone who's very clumsy, I guess. Uh -huh. So uh, we took a, a very quick poll of who we thought was the most clumsy. <laughs> uh, there was a unanimous vote as to who the king of clumsiness was. I don't um, know if it was unanimous. unanimous. In my head it was. No, yeah. You're so right. You're there right. was one person yeah. who was resistant to this idea, <laughs> who was our, you know, our fearless leader, Dice. Um, <laughs> but so to prove out whether or not uh, this was in fact true and whether or not we were overall a clumsy studio, we have this little piggy bank. Literally, it's a painted pig bank that we have at the studio that every time someone does an ochokochoi, has an ochokochoi moment, a clumsy moment, they've got to put a quarter in the jar. Right. And what's interesting about this jar is that in the beginning it started to get heavier and heavier, but at a certain point it actually started to get lighter and lighter. <laughs> and I didn't understand why, but come to realize that the quarters are now being replaced by dollars. <laughs> there's, there's a significant amount of money in the jar. And so far, and of course we've just begun this, but so far it is true that Dice is leading the Achokochoi count. Yes. 
by a significant margin. No, uh, we're oh. pretty close. I think Corey and I are very close. <laughs> oh, and Eric, you're right. Eric is actually right because Eric's much been more gone. clumsy than me. But then he's just not here. <laughs> he takes he he works outside and and. Uh, but he texts me when he has a choco choy moments at is home. Is he counting in Korea right now? I want to be sure. I don't know. We have to have the truth. And you know, when some of the new hires uh, a very choco choy, and I'm very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is something where if there is a that's moment, moment of <laughs> if well, that's is, one. That's one. So okay. Um, another moment. You know, this year we were very fortunate to have our second exhibition in Ishinomaki. Ishinomaki is about a four-hour train ride um, from Tokyo uh, up north, and we were looking at train schedules and all sorts of different things. And Dice had come up with this idea that he had told me, you know, the best way to travel is by bus. And I said, what? And he said, they have this like sleeping bus, this sleeping bus in which you can ride through the night and it's so comfortable. It's so amazing. We should do that. And I said, it sounds great. It sounds like one of those experience, experiences that will en enrich my life. And so I was excited about this. I remember going to dinner with partners and, and other people in Japan. And every time we had dinner, I would bring this up like, oh, we're going to take this night bus. And the consistent response I got was this word, Maji de? <laughs> oh, yeah? Which means, seriously? <laughs> and so I just remember like the night of taking the bus. It's like 11 o'clock at night. We're at the bus station. This bus pulls up, and it is like this amazing bus that has like all this, like these little compartments and all this. I'm looking in the door. I'm like, wow. Like Dice, you know, for everyone giving him a little bit of fluff about taking this bus, it looks pretty glamorous. Only to find out that wasn't our bus. It was like a cartoon where that bus pulled out and this <laughs> other bus pulled in, and all it was was reclinable chairs and. We sat in the back of this stuffy bus. It was so uncomfortable. I barely slept. It was hard to breathe. It felt like there was no air in there. And we arrived at like five in the morning, five in, the morning in the middle of Ishinomaki on, the, on this corner waiting. And what was incredible, this story has a great ending to me. Like what was incredible is this little van pulls up full of like energy, like all these individuals come pouring out and they're like, Dice, Robert, come with us. And so they were these individuals that we had been talking to that run a nonprofit out in Ishinomaki. And their whole thing is kind of education and growth stimulating. Ish Ishinomaki is one of the most heavily affected area or it is the most heavily affected city by the 2011 earthquake. And so they faced a lot of horrific devastation. And so this nonprofit was there to help rebuild the city in a way. And so these uh, people all piled into this van, piled us in, all this energy, and they're like, we're gonna take you to the house that we stay at. And so we were like, whoa, like all of you stay there? There's about three people in the van, all of you stay there? And they're like, oh yeah. And so we pull up to this house, it's kind of this, I don't know, in my eyes, it's like this classic house, it's got a sliding door, you slide it open, Japanese. and uh, Japanese house and tatami mats and everything, you walk in, and we're in this room that's like a living room, and the three people are like, oh, we've made breakfast, they had this hot kind of bre Japanese breakfast waiting for us, but the weird part was, 
people kept coming out. Like every door would slide open, and there'd be one more person, then one more person. And in the end, I think there was like seven people there, and they were all just living in this house. And the thing that was amazing is that the thing that kept all of them there, they all work together, they all live together, they eat together, um, and they're all there to help rebuild the city. Not Most of them were not from Ishinomaki. They're from outside cities who were now living together in what I would say was a pretty tough living situation, but incredibly upbeat. And then we spent the day looking at some of the work they do and some of the things that they were hoping for and really pointing out how the city has grown since the tidal wave came in uh, and really wiped out the city. And it was probably one of the most inspiring trips that I've ever been on where I was able to see really the strength of people rebuilding a city um, and really proud of Tonko House being able to be part of an exhibition in this city. Uh, it definitely wasn't the most... Um, Compared to Tokyo, it didn't have the num the volume of people that came through, but uh, I gotta say that it, every person that was able to come in from outside of Ishinomaki, the meaning of that, I think, that Tonko House could bring outside people into Ishinomaki to come see our exhibition was really meaningful, and um, we met incredible people who ran the museum and the exhibition, and um, it really was kind of a memorable trip for me that I, I feel like forever changed uh, for me, the significance of what an exhibition could be. Um, so I think moving forward, you know, I, I think there's a lot more thought and a lot more feeling that goes into uh, what this exhibition could be. It's a roller coaster of mm. experience. It's good stories. You guys, you have good stories. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about moments, but uh, I don't know that like. I couldn't think of like really like like those kind of colorful moments I couldn't really think of like the the moments I thought about is more like um you know some of the the heavy conversation that we had and you know sometimes uh you know towards the end of a Saturday or something after like seven eight and you know sometimes like a two of us and maybe like Robert and I just stayed at you know in the studio and we just kind of talk over all those kind of Oh, what do we do now? Kind of um, moment, and we I had those kind of conversation with Dice as well in a car. We usually drive together uh, back home, and you know we kind of stay in front of Dice's house and for another like a twenty minutes, and we just kind of like talk about ah, you know, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, those kind of things. It's like that happens all the time, but um, I, I think out of those small, sometimes hard conversations. Um, a lot of there is a lot of awareness about you know how we function together and who we are and um then yeah those are the kind of like you know i mean we have it was a hot year and but you know journey is reward and those are the kind of reward that that i feel that that i can experience it experience every day i i shared with you guys internally before is really Last year's CTN, CTN happened. CTN is an animation uh, industry's big event in at the end of November. So it's really towards the end of the year. And we had our booth, and it was our fourth year at CTN. And, and then there was a moment towards the end of CTN um, after, you know, you guys had the uh, Dam Keeper Poems screening, a lot of people came to our booth. Like some of them are crying and some of them are just like wanting to talk to Eric and you and JJ and 
all you guys. And then I took a coffee break around that time. And then、um, I was like super excited that so many people loved the screenings. And I took a coffee break, and it was just, you know, CTN is so overwhelming at times. And, and then I was coming back to the booth, our booth, and then there's so many people around the booth. And Robert at the time was, I think, interviewing. You were out also, like, you were interviewing somebody. Zen didn't come to CTN, he was kind of holding the fort. Here、uh, in Berkeley. So, partners, myself, Robert, Zen, weren't at the booth, but the booth was run by the rest of you guys, and including some of our interns who are helping us run, and our f- friends and followers in the community were just surrounding the booth, and it, it didn't change anything. Like, everybody was just so excited to meet. You guys meet people at Tonko House and just wanted to share their stories with Tonko House without myself or Robert or Zen. That moment really kind of stuck out to me. Like, and I, I had to stop and just really felt like that is the growth of our company. Like, it is no longer ours, I, ours meaning like mine or Robert's or Zen's, because you know, that's we started this company and now. It just really became the studio that belonged to many of us.、Um, it was almost like a nice symbolic way to close the year for me because, again, last year was while me and Robert struggled、uh, with the feature, there are so many other projects that went super successful graphic novel or the DK poems or the exhibitions. Those projects are run mainly by other guys, you know. So that is the big moment for me that really got me emotional and kind of gave me the confidence to move forward in 2018. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you for asking me to do this again this year. Thank you for the last year. 